0: Good morning! How's everybody? Today, all right, you're glad to be in the house today, say amen. 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 We're gonna have a good time today. I welcome you to North Star Church. We're so glad to have you. If you're a first-time guest, we hope you'll come back. North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Uh, and guests, if, if, if you're uh, either of our campuses today, uh, we're going to do that again just so to show off that these people uh, do know what to say there. It's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and that's good, a Labor Day, anything is possible. It's good to um, to see you and we welcome not only those that are guests at our services, But we welcome those that are joining us online from wherever, Florida, wherever. Uh, I know some people were watching online today from many different places. And we just went live at our Tupelo campus. Make some noise for those people over there. We, We exist as a church. So that those that are far from God will come near to him, will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. We worship God, we worship Christ as we come to worship, and Christ is the transformer. He is the one that can change your life and give you a fresh start. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, It's all about connecting. One of the things that our vision is that for the next five years that we will reach 1% of the unchurched in our surrounding four or five counties. 1-21 is what we were calling it. And that's going to require us living life on mission. And so in just a couple of weeks, we're going to start our brand new series, our 2016 Love Your City. And it is going to be called Life on Mission. Love your city, Life on Mission. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to be uh, studying church-wide in our small groups, which meet at many different times at many different locations, but we're going to be studying a study that's called Life on Mission. And it talks about um, that we, just in our everyday life, wherever we are, wherever we go, We're to be living life on mission and sharing Christ where we are. And if you're not in a small group, man, I just want to encourage you to get in one. You can text the word group to uh, 662-493-2311. I know it sounded like I was uncertain of that, but I'm not. 662-493-2311. And you can just text the word group. If you're not in a small group, we'll help connect you to a small group. When this study starts, you're going to want to be a part of it, I guarantee you. And uh, that's living life on mission right here, right here at home. And, and while I'm telling you to text something, if you're interested in going uh, like to the Philippines, to Kenya, to, to Haiti, uh, to New Orleans, uh, you can text the word go to that number. And uh, somebody will be getting into contact with you as well. It's a lot of exciting things going on. And I'm excited about this message today. We're in a series called How to Be Brave. How to be brave. And we've been looking at the writings of Paul in the book of Philippians chapter 4. We've just been in chapter 4 mainly. How to be brave. You know, the Bible says that, that, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And so Paul said, be anxious for nothing. And last week we talked about um, how sometimes we fear the news that's going to come. And I said this, and this may be for somebody today that didn't get it last week or who needs to hear it again. And that is th- the report that you believe is more important than the news you receive. Mar- marinate in that for just a moment. The report that you believe, Paul said, Whatever you do, think on these things, things that are lovely, pure, honest, of good report. And so the report, it may not be what's on the news, it may not be what you hear on the telephone, but the report that you believe is more important than the news that you receive. We talked about the, uh, the 12 spies that went into the, to the land of Cana to spy it out, investigate it. The land, and 10 came back and said, man, there are giants in the land. We can't do this. Joshua and Caleb said, forget the giants, man. The grapes are giants. And so I said, you can, you can be carrying the giant grapes on your shoulder, but be so consumed with what you saw in the, the giants that you don't follow through with the plan that God has called you to. Can I get an amen today? All right, so, but today, we're going to look at an Old Testament passage. It's found in 2 Kings. While you're turning there, 2 Kings chapter 6, just one verse to begin with. 2 Kings chapter 6. We're also going to look at a passage of the two most quoted passages in all of the Bible. We're going to look at that in in Philippians in just a minute. But first of all, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. And let me just set this up. The the enemy of Elisha was trying to take him out. They were trying to, to sneak up on him and kill him. The Bible says in verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up, went out early the next morning. Listen, listen to what he he saw. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord. How many have prayed that prayer? Oh Lord. He's talking about the prophet. He said, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Have you ever gotten up in the morning? I mean, before you even pull the covers back, you, you were experiencing the pressures, the predicament, the problems that were left over from the night before. I'm talking about before your feet hit the floor, before you had your morning coffee. You're already discouraged and doubtful and afraid and nervous and uncertain about the day that's coming. Well, this is how... This is how it was with Elisha. Now, Elisha was a great guy. He he was a prophet. He performed more miracles than anybody in the Bible, except for Jesus. But this is how he must have felt as he woke up and and knew that there's an army surrounding the city, knew that there were people trying to take him out, knew that people were trying to kill him. And this is what I know. I want you to write this one down. When the enemy has plans to take you out, remember that God has a plan to keep you in. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to say it again because you need to write it down. I'm going to give you time. When the enemy has plans to take you out, remember that God has a plan to keep you in. And, and, And furthermore, not just to keep you in, but God has a plan to move you forward. God doesn't want you to just stay the way you are. He, don't want, he doesn't want to just keep you in the game. He wants to, he wants to take you farther. You, there's more to life than just waking up and going to work and going to church on, on weekends. God wants you to have an abundant life. He has a purpose for your life. He doesn't want to just keep you in. He wants to take you forward and enjoy some of the life a lot of people think that Christians can't have a good time and, and that it's, it's hard to enjoy the life that God has given us. Look, I think God wants us to, to enjoy life here and, and, and maybe eradicate a little bit of hell on earth while we're here. That's just what I'm thinking. It's what I know. And so the, it, Elisha's servant got up. Tired of fighting the battles, tired of all of this stuff coming. And what does he see? An army of horses and s- chariots that were surrounding the city. I know he's thinking, when will this ever end? Maybe you're thinking the same thing. Wh- when will this ever end? end? Paul wrote, in, he wrote this in, in 2 Corinthians. He says, For our light this is chapter 4, verse 17, for our light affliction and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Mm. So, what do we do? So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. I'm looking around, I'm seeing my problems, I'm looking at the bank account, thinking how are we going to make it? I'm, I'm sitting in front of a counselor because we're having trouble and I'm, I'm going through this and that and this and that. How, how, how am I going to make it? For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen, invisible, in other words. Are you with me? You can't see the power of God, but you can experience it. You can't see it, but it's happening. It's there. You can rely on it. Since what is seen is temporary, temporary. Say temporary. temporary. We're just temporary. I mean, I'm serious. A hundred years from now, ain't none of us gonna be here. So, what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna be dead. Oh, that's so morbid. That's, yeah, dead, dead, dead. It's temporary. Everything is temporary. But what is unseen, hmm, is eternal. What is unseen is eternal. So here, when you're thinking that it's never going to end, just remember that this is for a season, and that God has this, and that he has not left you nor forsaken you, and that he does have plans for your life. And while you may feel discouraged or uncertain or hurt or fearful, God's got this. You've got to depend on it. Now, let's go back um, to chapter 6 of 2 Kings, verse 16 and 17. Uh, The servant wakes up and sees all of this. Verse 16 says, Elisha, the prophet says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Now the servant's thinking, I don't know what school you went to and how you count, but I just saw the city surrounded with horses and chariots. Elisha said, There's, listen to me, you're not listening. There's more That are with us than are with them. And then Elisha prayed, verse 17. Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. This is what I know. If we're going to be in this battle that God... Has, if we're going to be in battle, we've got to depend on God. But we've got to be able to open our eyes. The key, write this down, the key is to open your eyes. Because sometimes we don't feel it. Sometimes we don't see it actually physically with our eyes. But we've got to open up our spiritual eyes so that we can see God's purpose and see God's plan for our lives. So, well, I'm methodical. I, I, I like to work it out myself. I know, me too, and that's a problem. Don't just admit it, repent of it. There's a difference in confession and repentance. Confession is saying, God, I have sinned. Repentance is saying, I'm turning from my sin. And if that's your problem, that you're always trying to put your hand in it, try to figure it out, repent of that. Because you can't figure it out. It's God. He'll figure it out. Now, there are two passages. The most quoted passages in all of the Bible, these two. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 13 is the first one. and This is what it says. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. In fact, I just want us to read this one together. I I can do, I'll memorize it, let's go. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, that's the first one that's one of the two. Uh, most famous verses in all of the Bible. Now, the context of Philippians 4.13 is found in Philippians 4.11 and 12. Philippians 4.11 and 12, let me read that. Paul said, now remember, he's in a prison. All right? I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content... Whatever the circumstances. Now, doesn't that make you just like feel ashamed sometimes? He had been beaten, snake bit, shipwrecked, thrown in prison. And he said, I have learned to be content. Mm, Whatever the circumstance. Wow. Man, that's a lesson I'm working on. To be content, whatever the circumstance. Verse 12. I know what it, is, what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or and want. So he had learned to be content. So, back to verse, chapter 4, verse uh, 13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And Paul says in verse 11 and 12, I've, I've, learned, to be, I've learned to be content. Uh, I've just learned to be content. And this is what I know. I want you to write this one down. If you are content and you realize that everything you need god has given to you what in the world what can the world take away uh, again if you're content how do you how do you find contentment in jesus christ if you're content and you realize that everything that you need, God has given you. So when I work, and I do it by, I work by the sweat of the brow, and I, I do it. I, I'm a self-made man, or woman. I've never heard a woman say that, but anyway. It feels funny saying it, but I'm a self-made woman. Self-made man. I did it with these hands. No, you didn't. You did it with the hands that God gave you. He is the one who supplies our blessing. If you are content and you realize that everything you need, God has given to you, then what circumstance, what predicament, what uh, environment, what challenge, what temptation could ever come your way that could, could squelch that? What, what can the world take away from you if you got it from God? The world can't take away what God gives you. What can the world take away? The world can't take away your courage. The world, can, the enemy can't take away your confidence. If you realize, if you're content, and you realize that everything that that you have, God has given to you, then the the world can't take away anything from you. Now, before we get to verse 19, uh, verse 13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That is invisible strength. You can't see it, it's invisible. God gives you that strength. Now, verse, verse 19. Verse 19, Philippians 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all. My God shall supply, will meet all your needs. I was quoting King James until I could find it. Switch it up a little bit. And my God will meet all your needs according to to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That's one of the two most quoted scriptures in all of the Bible. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, Philippians 4, 13. And my God will meet all of your needs. All of your needs. How many? All of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, verse 13, I'm going to make the connection here, I promise you. Verse thirteen, Philippians four thirteen, uh, I I can do all things. That's invisible strength, because in in myself I can't do it. I can't even read my Bible on a daily basis on my own. So you, that's weak. You weak too. You just might, that may not be your weakness, but you, you we're weak. We're humans. I have to have His strength. I can't share my faith with with uh, uh, confidence, without his strength. And so, I could do all things. That's invisible strength. Chapter 4, verse 19, I'm going to put them both up in just a second. Philippians four nineteen. that is unlimited supply. So write this down. Verse 14, uh, invisible strength. Verse 19, unlimited supply. He gives us all we need. Now, I love the connection between Paul and... In Philippians and Elisha they both had supernatural vision Elisha got up but and and by the way they both had obstacles Elisha gets up and there's an army surrounding him there's people trying to take him out Paul gets up in the morning there's a jail cell surrounding him they both up against the wall they both got troubles but they both had supernatural strength one time In Ephesians chapter 1 Paul Paul said it this way in verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the as the mighty strength so we get our power and our strength it's invisible strength it's from him and he supplies every need that we have and it tells me this please write this down it is not your situation that determines your courage it's how you look at your situation it's not your situation that determines your your courage you know because this week you're going to be possibly in a situation that's going to Cause you to, to succeed or to fail, to stand or to fall. But it's not your situation, it's how you look at your situation. I mean, Paul could have just died of discouragement and disappointment in the jail, felt abandoned. But, it, but he didn't look at the jail cell as uh, he didn't let it determine his courage. He looked through it. He looked through it. And and so let me tell you some stories real quick. Elisha, one time, he came up on this stream of water. It's the water that people drank out of, and nobody could drink out of it. It It was so polluted. So, uh, with the strength and the power of God, the the invisible strength, unlimited uh, supply, Elisha comes up to the water he says, look, bring me some salt. Bring me some salt. So they bring him some salt. And he puts the salt in the water. And a miracle takes place. The the stream is completely purified and now everybody can drink from it. Jesus said, to to believers, Jesus said, you, if you're a believer, this is what Jesus said to you, you are the salt of the earth. And what that salt did to that water, Jesus said, I want you to do that to this earth. Okay, you're not getting it. The miracle, the salt purified, and Jesus said, In the New Testament, what that salt did to that stream, I want you, believers, to do to this world. In other words, I'm going to deposit you. I should be able to deposit you in a situation in this culture and you be able, with the power of God, to purify it. If you can see through it, you can do something about it. You're in pain, but if you can see through your pain, then you do something about it. If you can see through your situation, then you can do something about it. Elisha, with supernatural vision, was able to see through the problem and find a provision. While others are looking at defeat, he was looking at deliverance. So if you can see through it, you can do something about it. Second story. Um, One time... Elisha came up on this, went to check on this lady that was starving. And he walked up to her and he said, "Uh, excuse me, ma'am, came to check on you. Uh, What what do you have? And She said, I don't have nothing much. And he said, "Mm mm-hmm. That's what I thought she was going to say, but let me tell you something. My God takes a little bit and makes a lot. But I ain't got much. I don't, I, I don't have much, nothing much. And I want you to know, church, that God will take, he loves to work with nothing much. So well, I can't tithe right now. I, he'll take, I'm telling you, I can't serve, I just don't have the time. He'll take nothing much if you'll give it to him and he'll make it into something. So he tells her, he says, I want you to get the, the, some jars, um, um, some, some mason jars, you know, some cannon jars. It doesn't say that. It doesn't even say that in the message paraphrase. But it does say the word jar, and he said, go get you some jars, and I want you to pour all in them. Pour all in them? I ain't got much. Just start doing it. And guess what? God worked a miracle. You might say, well, I don't have much. Write this down. God is not limited by his capacity. In other words, he's not sitting up there saying, "Uh, I don't know if I can handle that one or not. You have got yourself into a mess. God is not limited by his capacity. He's only limited by your capacity to receive what he's pouring into your life. Truth is, God's not limited by that. He's not limited by anything. But... If, if, our, if we limit ourselves and what God is wanting to pour into our lives, then that will hinder the blessings and the provisions of God. All right, well, I ain't got much, but I'm going to pour the water, the oil, into the jars. And guess what? When she got started, God took over, and he filled all the jars with oil. He's not limited by his capacity We limit ourselves by our capacity to receive what he's wanting to pour into our lives. All right. Back. You don't want to miss this part. Uh, Back to uh, 2 Kings 6, verse 16. The servant wakes up and he sees the city surrounded by horses and chariots. Elisha says, God... uh, open his eyes that he can see and by the way look guy look servant there's more with us than against us and he prays lord open his eyes that he can see now this is how i pictured it i'm a visual learner all right look i need right now real quick i need seven men men to come up here on stage steps right over here just stand up right now don't run but but come i need seven just count until you get to seven uh yeah come on come on come quickly um, This is what I want to do. Uh, Y'all are the slowest walking men I've ever seen. Needs to be seven. All right. Now, what I want you to do is just make a circle around me. All right. Make a circle around me. You can get close to me. Circle up. All right. The Bible said that the enemy... This is the slowest of them all. All right. I was thinking. Right right here. The Bible says that the enemy uh, surrounded the city, which surrounded Elisha. So this is, just just hang with me, because this is how I pictured it. I'm picturing, hey, would y'all join hands? All right, I know this is kind of weird, but all right, cool. Now, this is how I pictured it. I'm surrounded by the enemy, right? And so the enemy of, of fear, of pain of 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 envy of my past of difficulty of 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 anything that comes up against me I'm surrounded and so Elisha says in, uh, the servant says in verse 15 that the, the the horses and chariots have surrounded the city and this is how I feel sometimes. This is how I feel when I wake up sometimes, that I've got to get through the day. I've got to get through the pain. I've got to get through my past. I've got to get through my temptation. Because it, it's like, surrounds me. Now, um, I, need, I need 10 men. Y'all just stay here. You can drop your hands just for a second. I need 10 men to come up to join us real quick. Real, all over the room. Just, just quick, 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 quick. Ten more. Ten more. Ten more. Now, this is, this is how, again, this is how I pictured it. I want you to stop right there, Ken. I want y'all to circle them, and I want you guys to back out, and you circle these new guys, okay? You guys circle the new guys, all right? I want y'all to circle me now. The original guys circled these guys. All right. Come up close. Where's the original guys at? All right. Circle us up. Is that y'all? Okay. You're the bad guys. Where are you? You're a good guy? Well, get in here. All right. Good, 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 good. Now, follow me. Follow me. The Bible says in verse 17 that when the Lord opened his eyes, that he saw the, the chariots, the horses and the chariots of fire surrounding the mountains. So y'all are my angels, are you an angel? Get, get in the circle bro, come on, y'all circle, we'll widen it out, y'all, you're like a misplaced angel. All right so, so here's the angels, y'all. Join hands. This is how I pictured it in my eyes. That out here is all this stuff surrounding me, but God is insulating me. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've got the angels. I've got the the horses and the chariots of uh, uh, and the chariots of fire that, that that are shielding me. But I've read this a dozen times, and and. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. It says in verse 15 that the servant saw the enemy surrounding the city. But when God opened his eyes, they were surrounding the mountains. They were at the mountains surrounding the whole situation. So we've got to change it. Don't lose count. Bad guys, drop your hands. Y'all come back in now and surround me. Trouble, y'all come back in. Fear, come back in. Come back in. Get get close. Here, yeah, come on. Now, do we have more than seven? Do I have ten back there? Because the Bible says the ones that are with us are more than the ones that are without us. You hear me? So God is not insulating me from trouble. I still got trouble. I still got pain i still have my past i still have my difficulties i still have the 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 struggles of life i still have that but guess what god's got it all he's got me covered he's not i'm not insulated from the inside out because i would start i start taking attitude that hey oh I, i did this god says even though i'm not shielding you from having to go through a Difficult time. I'm not shielding you from being tested. I'm not shielding you from the temptations that Satan is, is is throwing at you, but I want you to know that there are more that are with us than those that are against us and That while the enemy had Elisha s- Surrounded at the city God has Elisha surrounded completely Amen and That means or that just reminds me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That just reminds me that greater is he that is in me than is he, that, he that is in the world. That reminds me that, that, that God lives in me and that he walks with me. And though I may go through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with me at every turn. Amen. Guys, thanks. Thanks for, for helping us. Now I just want to say one other thing. Um, Y'all can go. Uh, I'm going to say it without y'all. Uh, I want to say this. So I'm, I kind of grasp it, Pastor, but I am going through a difficult time, and when I'm going through difficult times or doubting times, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Maybe, listen, listen to me. Maybe God allows you, your struggle to be the lens that you are looking through to see his provision. Maybe He, the pain that you're having to go through is so that you can see his provision and his faithfulness. Maybe he has allowed you to be afflicted with something so that one day you can help somebody else that's been afflicted by the same thing. Am I getting through to anybody? Maybe what you're going through, God is going to use to bring healing to somebody else. Because God is a faithful God. And while you may struggle, while you may be in a prison for preaching the gospel, like Paul, he was able to see through it and see that his supply was already there so all the horses and the chariots of fire surrounded the enemy that surrounded Elisha and the next part of the chapter says that God brought the victory I don't know what you're going through in your life these may be the happiest times that you've ever experienced storm-free, problem-free, pain-free. These may be the most difficult times that you've ever faced. You may be struggling in your marriage. You may be struggling at school. You may be struggling at work. You may be struggling financially. You may be struggling emotionally. You may be struggling spiritually. But I know this. If you'll just put your trust in Him, He'll get you through to the other side. Father, thank you for today. And thank you for this scripture that teaches us that you're in control no matter what the circumstance. Today, if you realize, listening to this message, listening to this service, attending this fellowship that you have never truly put your trust in Jesus Christ I want to give you an opportunity right now wherever you are just to say yes to Jesus you can just do it from your heart you can say call on him from your heart you could say something like this would you do it dear God I know that I'm a sinner I believe that you're my Savior and that you died on the cross and that you rose from the grave. Today, I repent of my sins. I turn from my sins and I turn to Jesus right now, once and for all. And I put my trust in you and I follow you today. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or come forward, but I am going to ask you to do this. If you made that decision and you put your trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to take the bottom portion, the connection card in the handout that we gave you when you came in. Or if you didn't get one, there's one in the seat pocket, and I want you to fill it out. And then I want you to bring it to guest services and give it to one of our pastors. Because we have a book to give you What a wonderful first step for you is just to do that. Maybe your prayer today is, God, I have been tangled. I have been tormented in my mind. I have been off track. I have been trying to do it myself, go my own way. And God, today I repent of those things and and I realize my life is in your hands. and I want you to have complete control of my life. With every head bowed, please stand. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, during these moments of response, of worship, I pray for that woman that's struggling, that man that's questioning, that teenager that's confused. I I pray for every need that's present today and I just pray that you'd minister to these hearts and uh, help us to hear clearly from you and God thank you for your love and for not giving up on us thank you for this message from the word that has applied so true to our hearts God we love you We thank you for your love in Jesus' name.